This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. Uh, I want you to turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew. Uh, for the last, last couple of years, on and off, we've been in the gospel of Matthew in different subjects and different topics. Uh, but we have been expositionally studying the gospel of Matthew. And uh, we are in chapter number 12. Uh, we left off last year in chapter number uh, t- uh, 11, where we ended up talking about fasting and prayer. Uh, well, we went back to chapter number 6 because it was a passage that I skipped. But the week before that, I titled the message, Come to Me, and it was from chapter number 11. And we've been in an expositional study where we study verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And in Sundays like this, it's by a passage that we're going to study. And although a lot of these concepts are self-explanatory, the subject matter at hand is a little more deeper than that. So I will probably be spending the next couple of weeks. I don't know if it's going to be two weeks or three weeks, but surely two weeks. I don't know if I can cover all my material within uh, this week or this Sunday. Because as I was preparing all the material, putting it together, I was like, passing, you know, passing through all my pages, and I was like, this is getting longer and longer and longer and longer to the point where I was like, let's break this up. So I had to chop it up into smaller pieces, and I'm going to try my best to do within two, but uh, we're going to go to uh, three if time doesn't allow. But I was, I was preparing for this message, and uh, I was actually reading, doing some research, and um, I, I came, to, came to study that the, the words hustle and the word, the word hustle and the word grind were, were on the list of the top 50 hashtags in 2023, all right? It, the, these two words, hustle and grind, hashtag hustle and hashtag grind, were, were on the top 50 hashtags in 2023. Uh, as human beings, in, in, as, in, as a, human, like a human race today or in today's time and age, I feel like we're walking through a period where uh, we're so proud of our hard work and our grind. Amen? Uh, it's applauded. The other day, I was watching this motivational speaker, and uh, he was, he was, there was this clip that I saw, and he was talking about how no one works harder than he does. He said, point at one human being that works harder than I do, or stays awake longer than I do, or sleeps uh, more than I, less than I do. Uh, you know, so he was, he was talking about this and as if to say that it's his hard work that has got him here, and he continues to hustle, and he continues to grind, and that's why he makes the millions of dollars that he makes. And in all of that, I, I began asking myself, where did we lose it, or where did we start losing it as a community, as a society, where we started becoming so obsessed with this idea of hustling and grinding, okay? So I want to pause today to just talk about this, because I want to talk about how if we are not careful, we can idolize our own efforts. We can idolize our own strengths. We can idolize our own abilities. I made that. I built that. I did that. It's important to pause and tell yourself that it's God that was behind your hustle. It was God that gave you the ability. It was God that gave you the, 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 the talents, the skills, the, all the stuff that you have But God, you would not have any of that. The education, the money, the job, the promotion, the kids, the house, the cars, every material blessing that we have is and has to be from God. 
It's important to pause and, and tell ourselves and remind ourselves of that. It's John Piper that says, every time you Sabbath, you testify to, self, to, self to the self-reliant world that your work does not save you or define you. The Lord does. It's so true. Somebody once told me that you can, you can rest voluntarily or involuntarily. One of those is bound to happen. For everybody that just cares about hustling and grinding, remember this. If you don't rest voluntarily, and if you don't take moments in your day to pause, if you don't take moments in your week to pause, if you don't take days at length to pause, to reflect, to thank God, to say I'm human, it's going to catch up with you someday. Some of y'all have been grinding, and, and today's message is probably for some of y'all, and some of y'all have been resting, like a lot. <laughs> and to you, I say, wake up and do something. I see some of y'all waking up at like 12 o'clock, playing video games till 3 in the morning, and getting, Pastor, I just don't have the strength in the morning to go to work. Can't stay alert, Pastor. I don't know why. Sonny and I, God spoke to us last year and said, we're about to enter into a season of rest. For the last five years, Sonny and I, we were talking and we understood how much we have been working. And uh, in, in many ways, this message is geared towards Sonny and I, and we are taking some active steps this year in, in order for us to be rested, in order for us to be more empowering other people to step up and lead rather than taking on the burden by ourselves. And, and, and this is coming from a point of, this message is coming from a point where God has spoken to us us individually, and, and we are going to make it more intentional, and I pray that as a church, we will make this subject matter more intentional. I want to title my message today, The Power in the Pause, Power in the Pause. Oftentimes, my kids don't like it when we pause the TV. There's no power in that. But there's power in our, in our ability to pause the TV because we see that we get their undivided attention. Every time we want to talk to them or we want to have a conversation with them, uh, if they're super glued to the TV, they're listening with a ear, but they're hardly listening. But when we pause the TV, they, uh, their eyes turn right to Anybody experience that? So it doesn't benefit them, but it gives us an opportunity to be like, now they're listening. The Bible reminds us that it says, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes it's in the stillness and in the quietness that God says, I can get through to you. And sometimes if you pause intentionally, God can speak to you in those moments. But if you don't pause and you're grinding and you keep going and on and on and on, God has to create opportunities where he can start speaking to you. Anybody remember 2020? It was going to be the year of new beginnings. It was going to be the amazing. It was the year that we were all going to have new vision, 2020 vision. We were going to start businesses. We were going to we wanted to do great at the business that we already had. We were going to do exponentially well. Am I, am I talking to somebody? And then God hit the pause button. Then we had no choice but to listen to him, but to spend more time in prayer. But to, people prayed more than they've ever prayed in 2020. Can I get a witness? Amen. But I want to teach about the, the power in the pause. Matthew 12. And um, we're going to verse number 1. And uh, this is what the Bible says. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry. And they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. Verse 2. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. 
He said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence which it was not lawful for him to eat nor for those who were with him but only for the priests? Verse 5. Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater uh, than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Can we pray for a second? Father, would you speak to us through this word, God? Lord, I pray that you will give us the ability to tune out every distraction. I pray, God, that you will keep us attentive to your word, and I pray that you will teach us what we need to learn today. I pray that you will discipline our hearts, that each one of us over here will be disciplined to hearing the word and being changed by the word this morning. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. When we go through the book of Exodus, God speaks to the people of Israel and gives them 10 commandments. He starts off with, uh, you could scan the QR code to access the notes on the Bible app, and all the notes are over there, but if you're a note taker, you're welcome to take notes as I go through this. God starts, off with, God, God starts off with saying, you will have no other gods except me. I am your God. I am the God. Capital letter G. You will have no other gods but me. The second one, he says, you will make no idols. Nothing will stand in the gap of me and you. You will not make man-made idols. There will be no tangible or intangible things that you will idolize that will come in your way in your relationship with me. The third thing he said, you will not take my name in vain. Do not use my name in vain. And the fourth most important thing on that list was, you shall keep the Sabbath day holy. I really want us to hone in on this fourth commandment today and the importance of this commandment. The Ten Commandments that God gave the people of Israel over time, the Jewish people started elaborating on that. And due to a lot of religious practices that started evolving over time, the, the 10, the number 10 evolved to 613. Okay? By the end of the Old Testament, you will see that the Jewish people can go back into the, the book, the Bible, the Old Testament, and they can take out of the Bible around 613 laws. Am I talking to somebody? Following 613 of them from those 10 commandments. This is where the people went up to Jesus and said, Jesus, which is the greatest commandment? Because they were like 613. There's just way too many to keep up with. Can you just narrow it down and tell us one, the biggest commandment that we have to follow? And he looks at them and says, let me take the 613 and let me make them two. If you can do these two, you got it. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He says, that's the greatest. But the 613 was so complex that the Jews started religiously observing them and, and what God intended to be a moral compass had turned into a religious activity of people making sure that they followed these laws. 
What was supposed to be relationship in the Garden of Eden turned into something that people found to follow as a chore week after week, Sabbath after Sabbath, and there were things that they had to do on the Sabbath, and the temples, the temple had Pharisees that would walk around, these men that would walk around making sure that people were following these laws. Not only were the laws given, but every 613 of these, these Pharisees would walk around making sure that you did not break any of these 613. And if you did, they would call you out. They would embarrass you. You would be fine. You would be a sinner. You would be called to repent. There were observances that you had to do. And Jesus got in trouble with this Pharisee who was, these Pharisees were these sanctimonious, self-righteous, morally superior religious leaders that held these strict observances of this written law. And they come up to Jesus and they're like, man, you are picking grain and you are eating them on this day that we're not supposed to do anything. That, That was what the Sabbath was. God looked to the people and said, hey, on this day, you will not do any work. And Jesus' disciples were picking grain and eating and they got mad that they were harvesting because that was one of the the laws. The 613, one of them was you can't pick grain and you can't eat it on the Sabbath. You can't harvest on the Sabbath. So picking up grain as they walked through the fields was considered a breaking of the law. Remember the desert when God looked at the people of Israel and said, hey, uh, I will give you manna every single day. day. On the sixth day, I will give you double the portion. So your families will collect double the portion. That's for today and for tomorrow because tomorrow is Saturday and it's the Sabbath and you will not rest. Jesus commanded them. You want to hear a few more of these crazy, crazy rules? They taught that you should not look in the mirror on the Sabbath because you might be tempted to pluck out a gray hair and that would be harvesting and reaping. Come on. Like that's how crazy it got. So the Pharisees are like walking around. Who's looking in the mirror? I'm not I can't make this I can't make this stuff up. You can eat you can eat a hard-boiled egg on a Sabbath. I don't know where they got that from, right? If the lights were on when the Sabbath came, you could not blow them out. And if you had not lit the light by the Sabbath, the starting of the Sabbath, you couldn't light the lamp at all. Because that was considered work. It was fine to spit on a rock on the Sabbath, but you couldn't spit on the ground because that made mud and mud was mortar and that was work. You, you begin, you get, you understanding this? But Deuteronomy chapter number five verses, I kind of want to give some context. We have to understand this. Deuteronomy five verses 12 to 15, the Bible says this, observe the Sabbath day, keep it holy, As the Lord your God commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well and you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Like if you understand this command, it was rooted in rest. He said that you might rest, nothing more than that. Like everybody, even people that work for you, they are supposed to rest. So it was God putting a pause on your tiring week. 
It was God putting a pause on all the grinding that you did, on all the hustling that you did, all the hard work that you did during the week. God was like, we got to pause because we want longevity. Now, if you go through the Ten Commandments, here's where I want to break it down for you. If you go through every one of these Ten Commandments, and I'm not going to go through this list, but if you want, you could pop your phones out and take a picture of this next slide. Because if you go to the New Testament, all of the Ten Commandments are mentioned in the New Testament. Okay, every one of them, there is a mention of it. And in all of the verses, except one of the commandments, there is also a command in the New Testament to follow these commandments. I want you to listen carefully. All the 10 commandments in the Old Testament are repeated in the New Testament for reference, but only nine of them come with an instruction to follow or to obey. Am I making sense? There's only one commandment that there is no instruction in the New Testament that says, follow. And that is the commandment number four, which says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. There's a mention of it, like we read in Matthew, where Jesus talks about the Sabbath, uh, talks about rest. But I kind of want to hone in on that and talk about the importance of what that means. Why do we not observe the Sabbath on a Saturday. Uh, if you ask some of my very well-intentioned Seventh-day Adventist friends, they will scream at you like this, and they will tell you, Sabbath is on a Saturday. And again, they're great people. I, 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 you know, I have friends that are Seventh-day Adventists. I love them. But they will, they will really get upset with you. There are a lot of people that truly and fully believe that even till today, this, and, and there's a simple reason, and, and one of the reasons is because in the New Testament, there is no instruction for us, and there is a reason for that. And here's where the studying comes. We, we're going to study this so that the next time your coworker who believes strongly that they don't go to church on a Sunday is because they believe the, the, the you know, you're supposed to go to church on a Saturday, but they still don't go to church on Saturday, but they'll challenge you and fight you on it anyway. You, you have an answer to give them. You ready for this? All right, Hebrews chapter number four and verses one. It's a long passage, but we're going to study this. You're ready for this? Chapter, chapter number four, verses one to 11. God's promise, we're going to read from the NLT. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Let me start off by talking about this real quick. If we don't understand the New Testament, the New Covenant idea of what rest and the Sabbath truly is, hear the, hear the voice in this. It says, God's promise of entering His rest still stands. It's a, it's a promise that is alive today. But we ought to tremble with fear that some of y'all will fail to experience it. Because we don't understand what entering God's rest looks like. I'm going to talk about that next week. But let's talk about this. Continue. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did not. It did them no good because they did share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. The believer... The born-again believer, you and me, if you believe in Jesus, and if you follow in Jesus, and if you, you know what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary for you, in the finished work of Jesus, that you don't have to work anymore, this message is for you. It's going to do you good. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, go on to the next one, in my anger I took an oath. 
They will never enter my place of rest. Even though this rest has been ready since he made the world, we know it is ready because of the place in the scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of rest. I'm going to break this down a little more next week. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. Now, that, I want you to hone in on that. God set another time. It's not the Saturday. It's not the one day. Yes, we meet on a Sunday, but it's a thing that we've done historically since the New Testament times and the New Testament church, and I'll give you the reason for that. But God set another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Okay, next verse. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Come on. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. Next verse. Okay, that's, that's verse number 11. Now, I want to I wanna kind of, I, I want us to bring our attention to this passage because it's Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath, has become for us our Sabbath rest, right? What was supposed to be commemorated on a day in the Old Testament because Jesus came, he took on your burdens, he took on our shame. In the end of chapter number 10 in Matthew, he says, come unto me who are heavy laden. Come unto me who are broken. Come unto me. And we did a message on this. He said, for my burden is easy. My yoke is light. He says, come to me for I will give you rest. He is the rest. So we are studying chapter number 11, Matthew chapter 11, in the context of what Jesus has just finished saying in chapter number 10, where he says, I am your rest. The writer of Hebrews is essentially saying the same thing. A day is not what is considered restful. Come on. I am who is considered restful. So, so Sunday after Sunday, the church gets together, we pray, we commemorate what God has done on the cross because it was on Sunday that Jesus rose from the dead. And because the resurrection happened on a Sunday, Christians historically said, hey, let's meet the Gentiles. They got together historically and said, let's meet on a Sunday because the day of rest is not relegated to a day anymore, but it's it, is, it is pointed towards a person and that person is Jesus Christ. So when you and I have a relationship with Christ and when we have uh, our being is entrenched in the being of Jesus Christ, we get to experience Sabbath in a person rather than in a day. It's in an experience. It's in the reading of the word. It's in communing with one another. It's in praising God in community. When we come together and worship him, we enter into God's rest. But I want to cover a few things, and over the next two weeks, we'll kind of get through this list. Point number one is why, why do we have to rest? Why do we have to rest in Jesus? Okay? Why is this so important? A, I'm going to cover two points today at least, and point number one is this, because God commands it. Simply because God commands it. 
Deuteronomy chapter number 5 and verse 15, we just read this verse. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this today. Now, I want you to listen up. Just because the New Testament doesn't tell us to follow the Sabbath as a day and follow all the rituals and all the things of saying don't spit on the ground, spit on the rock, all of that stuff. We don't follow that stuff anymore. Although we don't follow the day, the idea of rest is still important. Am I talking to somebody? Because the Sabbath is referred to. Rest is still referred to in the New Testament. Remember that this was a sign of a covenant. That's why the Bible says that. You shall remember that you were a land, you were a slave in the land and God redeemed you. Like Pharaoh's army is charging and Moses stands up and, and looks at the people and says, today we will see the salvation of the Lord. It's God looking at the people of Israel and said, man, I rescued you. I saved you. It was a sign of redemption. It was a sign of promise. And in the same way, he says, keep the Sabbath because I saved you. The reason you and I have to follow this commandment is because you and I have been saved by the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. Here's what I want, to, what I want us to understand, church. We were created, God works in a rhythm, and, and God creates everything he creates in a rhythm. When he created the sun, there was a time for the sun to rise, and there was a time for the sun to set. There was a rhythm to it. The sun knows exactly when to rise and exactly when to set. God works in rhythm. He works in a beat. He works in a tempo. He works in a cadence. He works at pace, at a, in a particular beat. And God created the tempo and the rhythm even before he created humanity. Before he created man. Am I talking to somebody? This is, you have to understand this. Because this is what he did. This, you you want to hear the rhythm of God? My hand's hurting. Do you get the idea though? There were six beats and there's a pause. That's God's rhythm. That's God's rhythm for all of us. He makes humanity get in sync with his rhythm. Like that's his plan. That's, if, if we can understand this revelation that God has created a rhythm that he knows works for the best. Am I talking to somebody? Like he knows that the way he has created us and the way he has orchestrated the, the, way, the, the way that our organs are supposed to function and, and our sleep patterns are supposed to function and how much rest we need to have and how much work we're capable of doing, no matter how much you are, doesn't matter. God says, I've created you. I know you before you, you, you were born in your mother's womb. I, I know what you're capable of. You need the rest. So you can go for six beats, but on the seventh beat, you, the rhythm of rest is important. We have to make sure we're all in sync with God's tempo. See, God worked the Sabbath into the rhythm of creation. You're meant to work and you're meant to rest. You are meant to work and then you're meant to rest. You are meant to work and then you're meant to rest. Your jobs understand that. They don't want to break the law because there's a law in place for that. They tell you, you have to give your workers, your, your, your employees, a certain amount of breaks and, and, and time off. Some of you all that work eight hours or nine hours. 
You have two days off, and for others that work 12 hours, you probably work four 12-hour shifts, and then you have three or four days off, and whatever your, your, your pause looks like, everybody has a pause, and God worked that Sabbath into the rhythm of creation. In Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3, the Bible says this, so God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. He blessed, someone say he blessed it, and he made it holy. Now, this is amazing. I want you to learn this real good. This is so, so good. You're ready for this? There are two concepts I want us to understand. And it's, it's this. God blessed the seventh day. Someone say blessed. And he made it holy. What does blessing say? Blessing, blessing is an act of giving. If somebody blesses you with something, they give you something. What is holy? Can, can we bring that back, please? What does holy mean? Set apart. Holy literally means being set apart, taking away, moving away, taking away, being set apart, being detached. So you got to understand this. There's addition by subtraction. God is going to give you something by taking something away from you. If you understand this depth of it, it's going to change your life. I'm going to give, but I'm going to give by taking. It's, it's, it's not an ordinary day. I'm shutting you down so I can take care of you. I want to take care of you, but it's on conditions. It's, the condition is that I take away something from you. I take away the regular rhythm and I give you the break. I give you the rest. So unless and until you're willing to sacrifice the regular, God can't give you the extraordinary. He can't give you the rest that you want unless and until you're willing to give up that which is, is so you're used to. Some of us are, are good at, at being fast, but, but not efficient, man. We're not efficient. We're, we're good at not stopping. We're good at just grinding. And for a lot of us, we blame it on momentum. We, we love the momentum. And, but, but God's like, man, it's built into your system. I understand momentum, but, but, but I'm going to bless you by stopping you. And if you don't stop, you will be stopped. If you don't slow down, you will be stopped. Come on, am I talking to somebody? But, but pastor, this goes against Newton's laws, pastor. This goes against the laws of momentum and the rules of momentum and, and against Newton's first law that says motion, of motion, which says object in motion remains in motion at a constant speed in a straight line unless acted on by an unbalanced force. You can call it whatever you want, but the seventh day can be an unbalanced force. It could be a speed bump, but the speed bump is there for a reason. It tells you to slow down. Because if you don't slow down, there's a cop right around the corner. You would either be slowed down. Come on, am I talking to somebody? This, we, we have to understand this. I know some of us are producers at heart. And I know that we have a beat and we have a rhythm. And we want God to get into sync with our beat and our timeline. Oh, but many of us can go offbeat because we don't follow the rhythmic pattern that's already set by God. God's like, this is how your heart is supposed to be. This is how your pattern is supposed to go. This is how your daily activity is supposed to go. This is how your week is supposed to go. But we want to go like a thousand miles an hour and expect God to join in our party. Why? Because I feel like we have a control issue. And we blame it on our perfectionism. Anybody perfectionist here? Anybody perfectionist? If anybody's a perfectionist here, I'm sorry to burst the bubble. You're not a perfectionist. You're a control freak. That's what, that's what you are. Because the Bible says there's only one perfect person. 
That person is God. I, I, trust me, I, I used to say, too, I like to be a perfectionist, but no, I just, I just like to be in control over everything. I just like to make sure that my hand is in everything. I, I want to make sure that I can, I, I want to make sure that my imprint is on everything. Unless I do it, it won't be done. And it's a control issue. Come on, I'm not going to hear amens today. But I want y'all to trust me, his rhythm is perfect and we can get more detailed than God is, man. He's not, he's not God the producer, he's God the creator. Come on, am I talking to somebody? He created you and he knows exactly how he designed you. Like he spoke and the galaxies came to being. Like am I talking to somebody? Like he spoke and light came to being. Like the, the sun didn't say, man, how many lumens do you want me to be? How, how bright do you want me to be? It was there in what he commanded. The moment he spoke, that design was put into being. So remember, when, when God breathed into your nostrils, when he took the rib out of the man and created, he exactly created you the way he wanted you to be. Nothing more, nothing less. Some of y'all don't like this. And still... And we still don't trust his cadence. But I want to remind somebody, we were created to work six and pause one. And I know some of us have to do overtime at work. And I know some of us don't have a choice but to work on the Lord's day. I know some of y'all work in the medical field and other industries where you would have to work on a Sunday. And I'm not talking to you. But I'm talking to so many people in this hustle and grind world that choose to work more than you should and put yourselves through a lot, your bodies through a lot. And God is speaking to somebody and say, I'm not, I haven't designed. If you don't need the money, if you don't need those extra hours, if you don't need to put that food on your table, trust me, it's not worth it. That's not how God designed you. It was six and it was one. You have to pace yourself. Because God created everything in six days and he said, man, I'm done. Not because he was tired. God could have kept going, but he was happy with what happened. Like, how many are content with what you have? To not be, man, I just got to go, ex the, the bigger house, the bigger car, the fanciest thing, the newest gadget. And I'll go to any extremes. I'll sacrifice any time. I'll sacrifice any amount of health to make sure that I get the newest and the best. But, but God's first, as soon as he saw all that he had created, he's like, I'm done. I want to sit back and I want to enjoy creation. The first order of business after he created man was, I need to rest. The first thing that he asked them to do, like imagine this, right? On the sixth day, he creates man. He creates man, he creates woman, and he says, all right, what are we going to do? We're going to rest. Like, think about that for a second. The first order of business, before they plowed the field, ooh, this is good. Before they had the first fight as a couple, before they could be fruitful and multiply, rest. Ah, you cannot be fruitful unless you sit back and enjoy what God has already done, y'all. I'm telling you today, like we, we meet on Sunday mornings and we have Sunday morning gatherings. This is important. 
If you can make a Sunday morning gathering, there are churches that offer different services. Go and receive the word. Go and be with community. Somewhere, come and talk to me. I would be glad. I am not possessive of you. I will not say this is the only church you should go to. I will recommend, I will tell you, there are so many churches in the area that you can go and be in community with other people if you cannot make it here on a Sunday morning. Out of the Ten Commands, nine of them were about morality. It was do not steal, do not lie, don't murder. One was about your sanity. Only one was about your sanity, your mental health, your physical health, your abilities. The world says value, you know, your, your, your grind, value your production, value what you have going on for you, and, and they will value what, what you produce. But in the middle of all of that, learn how to tell the world that you need to take a rest when you need to take a rest. Why? You need to take rest because that's God's command. Can I go to point number two? I'm going to close with this. The second one is this. Rest is an act of surrender and trust. Psalms 23. I've never seen Psalm 23 like this. Can I teach this for a second? Psalm 23 says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. All right, here we go. He makes me. Someone say makes me. To lie down in green pastures and he leads me. Someone say leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Someone say makes me. Leads me. Come on, am I talking to somebody? This, Luke, stand up. Stand up. Hold my hand. Did he want to walk that direction? No, not. I, I led him that direction. Am I talking to someone? Thank you, Luke. I made him sit. I, I took his hand, and I, why? Because, I, and I think it's so intentional. He makes me lie down. He leads me beside cool waters. Why? But he has to do it because we won't. He makes me do it and he leads me to it because I will not go myself and I will, mm, if this doesn't make you say amen, I don't know what will. And we can't have verse three if we don't submit to verse one and verse two. Verse three says he restores my soul, but bro, we're trying to be restored without wanting to lie down, without being wanting to still by still. No, no, no. We we don't want any of that. Let's grind. Let's do. Let's let's work, 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 hustle. But God says, man, there are seasons in your life that I have to, I have to bring you to where I have to make you sit down sometimes and. Don't make, you, don't, don't make him make you sit down. I think some of us need to train our minds and train our hearts into understanding how to sit down, how to be led by still waters because I need to surrender myself and I need to trust God that he can bless me, that he can take me to the other side. Can I tell you that it's the devil's strategy to keep you busy and tired? Like, I believe in, like, with all the digital strategy that we have, all the digital innovation that we have, I believe it's, 
yes, the safest time and probably the most dangerous time as well for young people to grow up, but yet we live in the most anxious times where we are producing young, anxious people. It's like a disease right now. Like, I need us to understand this. There's something about modern life that is not conducive to human progress and human flourishing like it was before. Like this rapid pace is, is, you know, it's it's not leading to the restoration of soul. We're wanting to get so much done with so little time. You know how much we have said this? I have said this. You have probably said this. I wish we had more. Wish we had more time. I wish we had more hours in the day. And this has this domino effect. Because you're busy, you're tired. Have you had a conversation with somebody recently? Hey, man, how you doing? Busy, bro. That's me too. Again, like I said, I'm, I'm talking to, I'm, I'm speaking to the crowd. I'm preaching to the choir right here. Like that's the buzzword. We're busy. And, and because you're busy, you're tired. And because you're tired, you can't stay prayed up and you can't hear from God. You lack discernment. You don't see attacks coming at you. Why? Because it has this domino effect because you're hustling and you're grinding and you're busy, 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 busy. But Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 8, he says, be vigilant and be on guard. Stay alert because the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion. If you're a parent, you understand the power of naps. You don't get it very often. Especially if you have three little kids, right? Ricky and Jeff, you, it's, not, it's, it's a luxury to take a nap. Sometimes my kids get their way when I'm really tired. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, parents, but you know when you're sitting, laying down for that nap on a Sunday evening, they know that's your most vulnerable time. They come to you at the most opportune time. You're dozing off. You're half asleep. They're like, Dad, can I have candy? Sure, go ahead. You just want them off your throat for that second. Go ahead. Next minute, they're eating like 10 candy and the mom comes around. What are you doing? Dad said we can have candy. No, I did not. Yes, you did, Dad, like 10 minutes ago. So now my kids are smart. They know they'll get into trouble because I'm asleep. So, so, so they'll ask me three times. I said, Dad, can I have candy? And even though I say yes the first time, they'll be like, Dad, can I have a candy? So I said yes. Dad, did you hear me? Can I have a candy? Because they want to make sure that I'm actually alert and actually awake. We make dumb decisions when we're tired. The enemy knows that if he can get you tired enough, you'll start agreeing to some crazy stuff. John, can you come help me out, brother? Worship team, you guys can get ready as well. If you're anything like me, you start doing dumb stuff when you're tired, y'all. Jacob and Esau in Genesis chapter 25, verse 28, the Bible says Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob. He was a true man. He loved food. When your own son brings you food, there's nothing more better than that. You brought me food, I love it. Verse 29, one day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. And Esau said to Jacob, I'm starved. Give me some of that red stew. And this 
This dialogue continues where Esau looks at, Jacob looks at him, takes advantage of that moment and says, hey, if you sell me your birthright, I'll give you this stew. So in a, in a moment of desperation, in a moment of, of weakness, Esau looks and says, hey, you can take my birthright. I don't care. You can take my first name for all you care. Give me that stew. Anybody been there? Where you're so hungry that anything tastes good? And for some of us standing, you're like, what's, what's big about a birthright? But in the Eastern culture, that was huge. That was big. That was basically selling away everything you had. He stole his blessing, but Esau gave it away because he was tired. And this decision he made in tiredness would haunt him for the rest of your life. It would cause anger. It would cause hate. It would turn into revenge. Why? Because he made a, he made a decision in the middle of tiredness. Y'all, here, here, if, if the enemy can't make you sin, he can make you tired. That's not my quote. Corrie ten Boom said that. She said, she said if, if he can't make you sin, he, she, he'll just try to make you tired. That's all. Because if you're tired and if you're distracted, that's what she said. If you're tired and distracted, he knows that that distraction can lead to other things. I don't know about you. I don't know how many of us are distracted today. But I want to remind somebody, the devil wants to rob you of your blessings. Stay alert. And if you want to be alert, you have to be rested. I was growing up uh, in India, and, and uh, I remember the building that we were, say it was like a, private quarters and a bunch of apartments and it was a gated uh, apartment complex and we had a security guard that would stand outside our, our building standing guard. I still remember my dad would, would have to go and check, him, check in on him sometimes during the night and uh, he, would, he would walk up to his little uh, booth that he had and often find him sleeping in that, in that little area that he was supposed to be stationed at. Scare him and wake him up. His name was Bahadur. We called him Bahadur. He was like, Bahadur, wake up. Every day, day after day, all he did was sleep on the job. And we're like, dude, like your shift starts at like 8 o'clock and ends at 8 in the morning, like, or, or 6 in the morning, one of those things. And the next person comes, he's like, why don't you sleep in the morning? Come to find out, Bahadur has another job in the morning. So he works one job because he needs the money. He works one job, and then he gets a two-hour nap before he comes to his second job. You can't operate like that. You can't operate fully functional in, 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 in a job that requires you to stay alert and stay awake. Come on. This is not just any other job that you could, you could snooze or have your mouse move around like they have those devices nowadays and, and do what, no, no, you, your job is to stay awake. Come on, am I talking to somebody? That's what, that's what we pay you for. And I'm talking to fathers and mothers today. Your job is to stay alert. We're living in crazy times. And the enemy's prowling around like a lion waiting to devour. And God is looking at some people to step up and say, we are not going to be, we are not going to be sleepy. We're not going to be tired. We are not going to be distracted. Would you stand up to your feet with me, church?
We have a lot at stake, church. We have a lot at stake. For young people that are listening to me today, you might not be married, you might be single, there's a lot at stake for you. There's a lot at stake, there's a lot at stake for your integrity. There's a lot at stake for your honor. There's a lot at stake for your purity that you need to fight for. There's a lot of distractions that the enemy wants to throw your way. There are addictions that the enemy is throwing at your way and day after day it's appearing in front of your eyes and you're being super distracted by it. You're probably being swayed by it and God's looking at you and saying, man, I need you focused. But you can't be focused unless you're rested. And you, I'm, I'm not talking about a day. Yes, the day to rest is important. But more than a day to rest, I feel like you need to understand the importance of resting in God. Like just resting and being content in who He is and what He is to you. How many of us make it a practice day after day? Not wait till Sunday morning. And this is why I need us to understand this. This is why the Sabbath is not relegated to a day. It's because even till today, you don't need to keep the Sabbath. But for so many of us standing in this room, your experience with Jesus is relegated to a day. Because all you get to do in a week is to meet Jesus on Sunday morning. A one-day opportunity. That's it. Your Bible is unopened every other day. That Bible app is almost deleting itself. For some of us, it's gone into that gray where it's like, re-upload app. Resting in God means taking a part of your day. Not waiting till Sunday, not waiting till... Resting in God means it's not a command anymore to keep a day holy. He says, be holy for I am holy. That is making sure that your body is holy, that your mind is holy, that you are not distracted, that you are focused on Him day after day. Resting in Jesus means resting in the finished work of the cross of Calvary, knowing and admitting and accepting that Jesus has done it all and you lack nothing, church. That this grind and this hustle is temporary. And I really want to encourage somebody in the success-driven culture of ours today. If you need to take a break, if you need to take a pause from what you think is normal. In your hustle and your grind, God's looking at you and saying, that's not the rhythm that I designed. One, two, three, four, five, six, pause. It's important that your children understand that. It's important that your children understand that you are taking time at least once a week to spend with them, to invest into them. It's important for your children to understand that you are not going to be succumbing to a success-driven, you know, wildly driven culture that just wants you to work, 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 work yet submitted to a God of rest you can never enjoy the rest of God unless you understand a God that stood back at all his creation that looked at you and was amazed and said this is good this is amazing as I close this message out today I just want to open up this 
this altar to prayer, if there's anybody that needs prayer today. I don't know what it is you're praying for. I don't know what it is that you need breakthrough in. But I want to leave you with Psalm 3, which says, How many are my foes? Many are rising against me, but you, O Lord, are my shield. I laid down and I slept, for the Lord sustained me. So many of us need to be reminded, rest in the Lord. Somebody needs to go back today and just take a week off. If you have that vacation time, take some time off from work. Take a few days off. Rest. Some of y'all need a lot of, a lot of, a lot of sleep to catch up on. And today God's looking at you and saying, it's not about the grind, it's not about the hustle. Pause. I want to pray for you, I want to bless you. I want to give you the benediction, but please know that the altars are open. I'm going to be available for prayer. If there's something that you just need to surrender, that you need to give up to the Lord, that you need to say, Lord, I need healing from, I need, I need you to do a work in my heart, I need you to do a work in my life, would you take a second and would you just surrender? Would you just take a second and say, Lord, would you do a work in my life? Father, this is a message that I needed. Like some of y'all have been going through some health issues and God's like, man, you need to rest. You need to take a break. For some of us, you've just been constantly on the go. For some of us, it's that job that's just been giving you headaches and just giving you mental and physical stress. For some of us, it's that, those hard conversations that you probably need the boldness to have with either a manager or somebody that you need to have an honest conversation with. But Father, today we just surrender ourselves, Lord. We give ourselves to you. I want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the rhythm of life. Thank you for the beat. Thank you, Lord, for that cadence that you created us with. That cadence that you wanted us to operate out of, that, that you, didn't want to, you didn't want us to operate out of hurt, and you didn't want us to operate out of pain and out of hard work. You wanted us to operate from rest. So you created Adam and Eve, and you told them to rest. because you knew that they couldn't start their week without rest. So today, Lord, we start our week today with rest. Today, we make it a point to come together as a church family, take a break from our activities, take a break from everything we do, to pause, to rest, to reflect, and say, thank you, Jesus. Would you take a moment, church, just to say, thank you, Lord. Enjoy the rest that God has given you. Enjoy the finished work of the cross. What we are doing right now is exactly what Adam and Eve did. They rested. They rested. So the first day of the week, today, let's rest. And say, Lord, I don't, I don't want to start the rest of my days without resting today. I want to rest as a family. I want to rest. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.